This episode contains discussions of colonialism. Listener discretion is advised. Previously in Sector Zero... You're settling in, Agent Huxley. Captain Carl. Captain Leland Huxley. Well then, I'm a space captain. I've got personal effects and a computer that's independent of this system. Also, my key can do a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know about. Blaster, an awesome coat, and a little finger bayonet. Life's pretty good right now. End log. Captain's log. Shut up. What? You do not get to refer to yourself as Captain. You are an agent. That's all you are. Fine. Audio log, Captain Huxley 358. Carl, give me this. Of all the harmless things I could have to endure my time here, you could at least let me have this. Absolutely not. I'm going to call you computer unless you give me this. No, you won't. Oh, yes I am. You see? Carl! Carl? 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 Oh, would you stop saying that? Carl! I can do this all day. I can actually understand you. You're the one stuck saying my name. Carl. Finally! Audio log. Agent. Huxley 358, Division Moo. Let it be known that Carl is perfectly capable of modifying the translation matrix however he likes. Not however I like. If it were up to me, your Sector 483 boyfriend would have been called Bank Thief in accordance with the local pronunciations. What? It, he wasn't my boyfriend. Rothesian Ray Kolfesak means, in the local dialect, Bank Thief. That's why he was going by Ryan Grapevine. Yeah, that's... you know what, but we'll leave that for another day. You... Wait a minute. What is it? What are your pronouns? Well then, your linguistic rigidity is going down, so we can start getting the full 129 pronouns incorporated into your vocabulary. My gender varies by language. What? Why? My gender is determined by the assumptions of the first person to meet me in each language. Among agents from 358, I'm a he in English and Elmolo, a she in Latin derivatives in Mandarin, though I'm a they in Cantonese for some reason, a she in Danish, and for complicated reasons I don't have a gender in Arabic, because that agent insisted on never talking about me in the third person. I still don't understand how after 15 years I never came up in conversation. So, what, Beth just decided you were a he and you ran with it? No, you decided I was a he. Lady Beth never met me prior to when she came in here a while ago. Well, that's not complicated at all. It's far better than in Capasimian, where my gender can't be determined, because the first agent I met with from 144 was a philosopher, and spent five hours arguing with himself about whether or not I qualified as a 119th, because I can't lament the nearest body of water if my house burns down. Uh, what? Oh, you think 358 has stupid gender roles? You should see 144. 22 different genders with ultra-specific guidelines. One of the defining characteristics of 119th is that they remove their eye symbiotes at the nearest body of water and lament that body if their house burns down. Uh, so what happened? 
The dilemma was interfering with their work, so I severed the neurons which corresponded to their memory of me, and transferred over to Alpha for a while. Epsilon just didn't have an AI for a while. That is the most Carl-like solution I have ever heard, and also terrifying. Um, Alright, now that I'm rested up, I'm going to figure out what the situation with this key is. That's a good idea. I'd appreciate it if you would deactivate for a while. Can't do that. Why not? I don't turn off. I'm always on. So what happens when you leave? Sometimes I go somewhere else. Once in a while I go to pasture and gossip about you organics with some other AIs. Could you go there? Paw. Fine. What did he mean by pasture? By pasture I mean it's a digital field filled with sheep which some other AIs and myself make. Out. Ball. Alright, let's open up some hollow features and figure out what we can do. Well then, that's interesting. Confe- You've gotta be kidding me. There's a digital version of Confederates and Interners. Which is non-lethal, I assume? Oh, we're definitely using this from now on. Can I get a detail on 358? Sector 358 is characterized by rapid changes in society. Would you like to specify a subsector or receive a comprehensive overview? <laughs> I'm gonna delete Carl. Comprehensive. Wait, what's subsector FV? Subsector FV, commonly referred to as Asinia, Venus, or in 358, suffered a massive runaway greenhouse phenomenon prior to the development of sentient life on Earth. Agents from subsector FS have reported it to be unimpressive and mostly volcanic, with remains of bacteria covering some parts of the planet. Halt playback. World is subsector FS. Subsector FS, commonly known as Esavin, Apollo, or in 358, is a Type 3 main sequence star. We have agents from the Sun? Subsector FS varies very little in 358 from intersectorial norms. Pause playback. Alright, then back to Earth. I just need to figure out what's up with humanity. The second age of enlightenment occurred roughly 4.5 billion years after the Earth's formation. It was dominated by a bipedal primate species calling themselves humans, who in fact wiped out at least three other similar species, which were on track to discovering advanced tool use. Humanity would continue these destructive trends, peaking some 9,000 years later in a series of race wars, waged in large part by the western regions of subsector D. Pause playback. Um, okay, I need a map of these subsectors. Map. Where do I find a map? Uh, general reference? That's probably it. Um, intersectorial greetings. Uh, we'll come back to that. Map. Come on, there should be a map in here somewhere. Aha! Please specify time frame. 2018. Why is that not right? Oh, right. The time is relative. Um, 4.5 billion years after formation. This map is not a survey. Please consult a cataloger for detailed maps. Alright, this actually makes some sense. South America's A, North America's B. Wait a minute, my second assignment was in B. Can I display further subsectors? Whoa! Oh, okay, that's a lot. Uh, so it looks like I was in... Nicaragua? I think that's what that was? Back home? Yeah, we'll come back to that. Uh, what in the world is up with subsector D? I mean, like, it's obviously Europe, but then a random chunk of it is Asia, too. And not like one of those... European Russian maps that this extends way past the Caucasus into the edge of China. C makes sense, that's just Africa. It looks like G is India and the rest of Asia. But not Japan, that's E, which 
lumps it together with Australia for some reason. And Greenland gets its own letter for some reason? Carl, this is confusing. Do you require assistance? Out. If you hadn't hijacked my linguistics, I wouldn't have said your name. So the race wars were started by the Europeans. What a surprise. I suppose I should have expected that. Resume playback on 358. A series of colonial exploits during the local 15th century established a deep-seated racism. Pause playback. Detail colonial exploits. Colonial activities by Spanish, Portuguese, French, English, and German empires, located in subsectors D1, D3, and F11, developed a stranglehold on most of the world in the name of religious right and economic development. The repercussions of these actions lasted for centuries, spawning several other empires and several dozen wars. The worst of these, referred to by humans as the Eternal War and by the Ravens as the Great Death, resulted in a greenhouse phenomenon which wiped out most large life above sea level. The colonial activities were marked by dehumanization of local populations. Pause playback. Uh, okay, okay, so race wars happened prior to my lifetime. That's... I'm not really sure what to think of that. Alright, let's go back to the Halassians. The single sentient species of the First Enlightenment, the Halassians established a modest civilization in eastern subsector D and northern subsector G. The species was nomadic for several hundred thousand years, before settling into approximately 35 major cities during the local age of carrots. Carrots? Halassian society was unique in settling into only two major groups, the Vodrabs in G27 and the Ulp in G17 and E29. The two groups initially held few differences and were separated merely by geography. Both went on to develop widespread poetic practices and fine theatrical history. Okay, but what about the cloning stuff? Advancements in cloning were made by senior Dr. Elsian Hilk in the beginning of the Age of Fish. I've got to ask Dr. Fuhi about this time system of theirs. Within 50 years, organ cloning had become normal medical practice and persisted until the tertiary material wars. So what's the situation with the nanites? Well into the Age of Fish, building on the work of senior Dr. Hilk's assistant, Dr. Zholuk, medical nanites were established as a societal standard. But by the second half of the Age of Fish, all small surgical procedures were being done by nanite. Okay, then, cloning from fish to tertiary material wars. Remember Carl mentioning something about preliminary material wars in Fuhi's file. I'm assuming that's related to what Carl was talking about when he said Dr. Fuhi's society was in decline. Tell me about humanity's successors. In a series of wars started by what was locally known as World War IV, culminating in the Great Death, humanity effectively destroyed the surface of the planet. While some members of the species were able to survive for nearly 200,000 years following Great Death, in large part due to early efforts to colonize subsectors FA and FL, these colonies would eventually wither into a state of anarchy. One notable exception was a set of Martian cities which persisted for roughly 5 million years before successfully digitizing its citizens and creating a clonal workforce which maintained computers for another 7.3 million standard years. On Earth, a small number of subterranean colonies persisted for a couple of centuries, but the inhospitable nature of the surface spelt inevitable doom for the species. That was really depressing and not what I wanted. Uh, what about the Third Age of Enlightenment? Roughly 12 million years after the Great Death, a mollusk species known as the... began developing early societal structures. Humans are replaced by octopus people? The... evolved almost impossibly quickly compared with other life forms in 358, with estimates that the abstract thinking emerged in a mere six generations. Though native to southern subsector I, the... 
quickly spread through subsectors I and E, sinking a number of small islands in the latter in order to take advantage of the root systems of local vegetation. By violet, advanced farming techniques and photosynthetic energy gathering techniques have been affected. The society, which is unified, holds visual traditions in the highest esteem. In anticipation of subsector FS's inevitable expansion, space, space travel was begun in teal and perfected by green, with permanent colonies established on Io and Neptune, as well as Proxima Centauri, Warren 168, and Kunrak 3. Agents have yet to determine whether the society ever falls. I don't believe this. We destroy the surface of the Earth and then get replaced by octopus people whose names I can't say. Okay, moving on. Um... Let's see if I can find anything on oranges. Anything on oranges? No, I don't want data on oranges in 358. Why, why am I getting paid in oranges? I feel like this should be... Huxley, what is this book? Whoa! Uh, okay. There's a door that leads to your quarters. Did not notice that. Uh, confederations? This confederations thing, yes. I was just attacked by a singing tentacle throwing small oranges at me. What? I'd say I don't believe you, but we're here, you're basically a velociraptor, and we were just in space, so it's probably true. Also, I got hit in the face by a stone tablet the first time I opened it. It took me 20 minutes to figure out how to get information out of the tent volume, and then this tentacle reared out of the spine and started grabbing oranges to throw at me while it sung of times long past in the glory of yesterday. I heard screaming. I figured I should show up. Do you require assistance? Why is there a singing tentacle in a book making my quarters uninhabitable? Ah, you started reading about Sector 11, didn't you? As best I can understand it, Confederations is less of a book and more of a file. It compiles a bunch of sources from all the sectors and just makes them available, I think. Fair question, though. Why would a singing tentacle be considered a source? Sector 11 doesn't have written word. Everything is oral. That's one of 22 programmable clones we've got. Why is it trying to murder me with oranges? I assume it's because you tried to eat it. Speaking of that, where can we get food now? I couldn't help but notice that the mess hall and combat room went away when everything got reorganized. Oh, we've still got a mess hall in new. It's sunken under the bottom of Central. So we are just going to ignore the tentacle? Just shut the book? I also got some 358 food put in there for you. Are you familiar with something called a burrito? Actual food? Not stuff that my body wasn't designed to eat? Yes, 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 that's what we're doing. To Central we go! Clear, you're still wearing that uniform. Yes, I am. If I'm not allowed to go back to my old life, then I am keeping this little memento of a fairly decent assignment. Phillips, why are you pink? I have a meeting with the Logan show in a few dozen ticks. They are extremely susceptible to color, and I want the meeting to go my way. So I am pink until then, unless I have to change it or I fall asleep. Uh, okay, then. Seriously use that crazy unit of time? Of course, it makes more sense than Heltz does here. So Carl tells me the mess hall is in the floor or something now? Somewhat inconvenient, but yes. Behold! Mm, where is the food? Off to either side. The burrito is actually quite good on the left. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this. Got it! Oh, real food that's actually delicious and familiar and... What is this? That is a burrito. This is a giant insect. What did you expect? Rice and... Beans and meat wrapped in a little cake with cheese? Little cake? I can't say little cake. Little cake means little cake. Fine. Whatever. Why is this an insect? Because it's a burrito. Quite delicious. It's bigger than I'm used to. It looks like it was roasted. 
You mean to tell me that when Carl said burrito, he was talking about an insect and not an actual little donkey? That That's not what I meant to say. I meant little donkey. I... Why is this burrito thing not an actual... What burrito means to me? Uxley, are you okay? Why can I call this thing a burrito but not a real little donkey one? Are you trying to use a word from a secondary language? No. I mean, it, it, it's Spanish, but there isn't an English equivalent. That is not a little donkey. One moment. Do you mean to tell me your language is both developed and identical word? That might make sense, actually. So what is this? It is an ito. It's a bug that we farm to eat. That's a bird. The loose are significantly smaller and slightly toxic. Birds are non-toxic purely because they can attack stuff. But here they have a nasty bite. I did have a friend a long time ago, Elson, who lived on an Ito farm. So, two of you eat insects. Everyone in Moo eats insects. I do not eat insects. What are you talking about? I checked this. Humans eat a variety of plants and animal life, notably leafy vegetables, fruits, nuts, and insects. Earlier diets also included vast amounts of grain. I have never eaten an insect. How is that possible? Where are you getting your protein from? Meat. Like, insects. No, like chicken or fish. Fish are very good in 358. I can vouch for that. Though I doubt we had the same fish. Why didn't you eat insects? Because they're bugs? Everyone eats bugs. The only one here who doesn't eat bugs is Bob. And that's because Onosarians can't digest a complex creature like that. Are you going to eat that? I mean, let me see if there's something else in there before I even try that. Something. Ha! Oh, it feels like fruit. It's, uh... What is this? I don't know fruit. Right, I do not recognize. Hey, Carl? How is the... You aren't eating the burrito. Okay, that is not what I thought you meant by burrito. I thought you meant... Little... Donkey. What is this? That is a pomegranate. This is what a pomegranate looks like? Actually, why are you so unfamiliar with your own food? Okay, that is not my food. That's from millions of years before I was alive. And it's not like there's just a whole bunch of fruit hanging around in cities in my time. You eat fruit. You should be familiar with fruit. Well, there's lots of different types of fruit. What, like 20? Try 20,000. Do you only eat one kind of insect? One family, yes, as well as similar species from other sectors. I think technically we used to eat more insects, but the eaters got big enough that between them and fish and the occasional onion, we were fine. Okay, humans have a slightly more varied diet to that, as in we can eat wildly different foods every day for a month. That's interesting. Wait a minute. If you all eat insects, what's the situation with George? George is sentient, you fool. 95th is only one-eighth insect. Don't eat sentient life except in the most dire of circumstances. 95th? Yes. Did that not get cleared up? His linguistic rigidity from 358 is lessening, but I think it's going to be a little while before he gets it all down. So he's... Uh, you know what? Screw it. Everyone's a they now until I get this numbering thing down. That's... That's the way it tends to work, yes. Do you ever have to deal with stuff like that, though? New agents trying to eat other agents? Because if I had walked in here and you had been a giant donut, I probably would have eaten you. Why in reality would you eat a donut? Oh, not again. What's a donut here? It's one of these. What is that? It's a donut. Explain to me what it is. 
Is that some sort of scanner? Very astute, Doctor. Yes, these are a good deal more reliable than the keys are. You'll get one once you get sent out on a cataloging assignment or need to do some sort of research. Oh, yeah, little tip for future agents. Tell them about the hollow features of the keys before sending them out. That would have made our last assignment quite a bit easier early on. All right, let's see. All right, I'm going to eat this pomegranate. Well, I look like I've just murdered someone. Why are those two things related? Because it looks... Wait a minute. Is all blood not red? Blood color varies as much as physical structure. Mine is clear. Oh, okay. Note self. Assume all fluids are blood. No, bad policy. Many non-blood fluids you'll encounter here. You two got back fast. Are you busy, or do you have time for a short assignment? Isn't time whatever we want it to be? In short, isn't really a unit we can use? By short, I mean it shouldn't take more than an hour. We just need someone to distract a few guests on a vessel where the crew fixes something. I am not going to space again. It's a boat. Are you sending them to Sector 86? Yes. The species variation is plenty high. They'll fit right in. Give us the details first. You just need to distract the passengers so they don't end up getting the crew and throwing some very valuable cargo overboard. We are supposed to keep violent individuals at bay? No. You are supposed to keep them from becoming violent in the first place. The boat is carrying an early prototype of a vision collection cocktail which would be vital to one of our future agents surviving. Do you think we can do that? We've got no experience doing anything like that. You don't, Doctor. Huxley does. What? Uh, no I don't. Manipulating angry people to be less angry? Your file says that was practically your day job. You'll be fine. Okay. Where is this particular boat? Subsector H. About 300 kilometers southwest of the southernmost bit of subsector F. Which is... in the middle of the ocean. That's... one way of putting it, I suppose. Why do you ask? Oceanic... Positivity... Actually, what are you doing? Oceanic... Protective... Ooh, that's better. You're not changing out of that uniform, are you? Center! Dr. Fuhi, we are representatives of the Oceanic Protective Center. That should give us a bit of leeway to act above the passengers and on par with the crew. Lieutenant, correct me if I'm wrong, but did he just summon up a persona with almost no preparation so his uniform would be suited to a new sector? It would appear he did. You'll be absolutely fine. Oh, and Huxley? Yes, Eves? It's good to see you settling in. Just keep everyone on that boat from killing each other. Shall we? Let's make sure nobody dies. Any door? Grab your hats first. Hats? 86 places a great deal of emphasis on headwear, so let me see that assignment. Oh, EKPN Luska. That's a pricier boat. In that case, you will need... Not that. I'm still not used to this. Definitely not that one. Oh! Ooh, that's on fire! Uh, here we go. This is the weirdest hat I have ever seen. What am I supposed to do with these flaps? Tuck those into the back so they flare out at the back. Like... This? Excellent. It even goes with the uniform. Well then, ready for he? Actual preparations in a straightforward, well-defined assignment? Absolutely. To the ocean! Okay, this is definitely better than I was expecting. It's not just our luck. Oh, 
I should not have said anything. Sector Zero was created and written by Lucas Angelo and Alda Idego. This episode featured Lucas Angelo as Agent Huxley, Alda Idego and Brad as Confetta Simon Turner, Jonathan Jane as Dr. Fuhi, Sam Charlotte as Phillips, and Harry Tannen as Eves. Music and sound design by Brad, who also voices Carl. Hey, what's happening with the moon? Something's happening with the moon? Yeah, but what is it? What, what's happening with the moon?